CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. Even in war, there are rules. But what happens when those rules are violated? Sandy Ronaldo explores the complicated process of bringing war criminals to justice. This was supposed to be a refugee escape route. Instead, Russian forces fired missiles here every five to 10 minutes. Now, horrific attacks like this are being investigated for another far more serious label, that of war crimes. I'm actually quite horrified by, by what I'm seeing. Bill Wiley is a career war crimes investigator. Born in Toronto, he was with the Department of Justice War Crimes Unit. I've worked in a lot of war zones now over the last 25 years, and, and this conflict hits close to home. Wiley's been involved in war crime investigations in the former Yugoslavia, Rwanda, and Syria. Seeing gut-wrenching video like this coming out of Ukraine, where an apartment building was hit over and over again, a maternity hospital was pounded so hard the ground shook up to two kilometers away. And Vladimir Putin's troops targeted the largest nuclear plant in Europe. It all seems to make the case for Russian war crimes quite clear. It's, it's I think, a popular misconception that dead civilians translate readily into uh, an easily built prosecutorial case. And it's, it's, really, it's really not the situation. It, it requires a lot of, of, of legwork. To Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, it might be clear. He said Russian forces brutally fired on Kharkiv from jet artillery. It was clearly a war crime. On the ground, it might be clear to the former Ukrainian ambassador to Canada. We are talking about about uh, all people, about children. So this this is terrible. So every time when we, you hear an airstrike siren, you take it very ser seriously because every day you see how they target specifically apartment blocks and civilian infrastructure. And in Washington, it's clear to Ukraine's ambassador to the U.S. And they are shooting us with missiles, ballistic missiles. Uh, they use the uh, vacuum bomb today, which is actually prohibited by Geneva Con Convention. War crimes are defined by the Geneva Conventions. They include atrocities or offenses against persons, murder, and wanton destruction of cities, towns, or villages, or devastation not justified by military necessity. Although it's not easy to watch, videos like this coming out of Ukraine could be evidence of criminal acts. An evacuation point crossing where several civilians were killed. When you look at the images that we're seeing in North America, reports that Russian soldiers are intentionally targeting citizens trying to flee. They're targeting border crossings that are supposed to be used as human corridors. They're targeting nuclear plants, targeting residences, installations, infrastructure, hot 
hospitals. It sure looks like war crimes. It certainly appears that there's a deliberate targeting of civilians and, and civilian infrastructure, and, and that would constitute a war crime. But, but to come to a firm conclusion, obviously, a, a great many uh, investigative resources need to be uh, invested, and, and that will take some time. So far, this is not enough evidence to put forward a war crimes charge. You need more evidence. Oh, absolutely. Um, what we have now is, is a lot of, of evidence of, of destruction, death, mayhem, but that constitutes, uh, as, as your viewers may not realize, a very small part of, of a war crimes prosecution. But those initial steps are starting now. In The Hague, Netherlands, the International Court of Justice heard from a Ukrainian envoy who argued Vladimir Putin entered his country under false pretenses. The purpose of the war, he said, was to protect people from genocide. This is a horrible lie. Putin lies and Ukrainians, our citizens, die. It is not Ukraine who commits genocide. It is Russia and its political leadership and military personnel who commit crimes against humanity and war crimes on the territory of Ukraine. Seats reserved for the Russian Federation remained empty. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says his country is documenting what's been seen and heard. We've seen very credible reports of um, deliberate attacks on civilians, which would constitute uh, a war crime. Uh, we've seen very uh, credible reports about the, uh, the use of certain weapons. Uh, and what we're doing right now is documenting all of this, uh, putting it all together, uh, looking at it, and making sure that uh, as uh, people and the appropriate uh, organizations and institutions investigate whether uh, war crimes have been or are being committed, uh, that um, we can uh, support uh, whatever, whatever they're doing. So uh, right now, we're looking at these reports. They're very credible, uh, and we're documenting everything. Lawyer and former federal justice minister Erwin Kotler started the first prosecution of the genocide in Rwanda. 800,000 died in 1994 during a horrific 100-day-long ethnic cleansing. You know from your own experience that in order to press charges, in order to have any kind of teeth in, in a criminal court environment, you need documentation. So what evidence would be needed to prosecute Vladimir Putin? And does the evidence exist in documented form? When you have orphanages, schools, hospitals, and the like that are being subjected to ongoing uh, bombing, then you've got you know, clear-cut documentary evidence. You have the witness testimony of those who've been fleeing the conflict. And let's not forget that these things take time to accumulate. But how likely is it that Vladimir Putin would end up in a courtroom? If one looks at the uh, International Criminal Court, then there have been few uh, convictions. What we will find, of course, is the accumulation of these legal uh, proceedings will make Putin into a wanted criminal. There'll be very few places for him to hide other than remaining in the Kremlin. Yes, I believe that, number one, uh, there has been a, a, a clear criminal act of aggression, which the Nuremberg uh, tribunals characterizes as the most uh, supreme evil of war crimes.
The Second World War was the first major conflict in which the victors carried out trials. After the war ended, the Nuremberg trials began. In all, nearly 200 former Nazis were tried, more than 160 convicted and 37 sentenced to death. All of those trials relied heavily on written documents like this. As Bill Wiley knows all too well, documents are key in any war crime convictions, as those paper trails can help prove intent. So was the intent to destroy defending forces, or was the intent to destroy civilians and civilian infrastructure? Bill Wiley and his team gathered more than 1.3 million of them, mostly from government offices in northern Syria, where a decade-long war left more than 350,000 killed. That painstaking and dangerous work helped get a very rare conviction. Wiley's work helped find this man, Anwar Raslan, guilty of crimes against humanity for torturing Syrian prisoners. In this war, Wiley believes following any Russian paper trail will be key as well. We need to get on the ground in the midst of the conflict uh, as soon as possible. So, Bill, is the point here to build evidence against the Russian regime or to go after Vladimir Putin? The point is to establish the individual criminal responsibility of military, political, and security intelligence leaders. But you have to start through an, with an examination of the perpetrating structures. It's only relatively late in the investigative process that you identify suspects such as Putin or the chief of the army staff or corps commanders, army commanders. The investigative process is expected to be long and tedious, something that could take years, possibly even decades. Based on your experience in the field going after war criminals, you know, there's no guarantee in the end that they are going to pay for the crimes that they committed. So what keeps you going? The key is to temper expectations, in my experience, um, and to accept that um, every suspect brought to trial and successfully prosecuted is, uh, unluckily for them, ultimately serves as a, a symbol for the suffering of, of a great many victims. But the question remains, will the ultimate symbol of this horrific war ever face the justice so many are demanding? So just how hard is it to convict an accused war criminal? Well, Slobodan Milosevic was indicted for genocide during the Kosovo War. He went to trial but died of a heart attack in custody 15 years after the atrocities. And so he was never convicted. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.